guys, welcome to the new Sprint Commando. I'm your host, Ed Moore. If you want to send feedback, you can tweet me at Teal Productions or News P Commando on Twitter. You can look up the Teal Productions page on Facebook. Leave comments there, that'd be cool. I am Indieman at gmail.com is the email address. Comicbooknoise.com slash TNC Tango November Charlie is the website. And we have forums at justanotherfanboy.freeforums.net. So this episode is a Harris Comics episode. Red Fox number three is what we're looking at. This was on sale, as far as I can tell, in May of 1986. So what is that, 40, almost 40 years ago? 37? Quite a while, quite a while. This was scripted for us by Mike Lewis, penciled and inked by Fox, and lettered by Jack McArdle. Now, the front cover shows an image of Red Fox dressed in finery. Lissa the Axe, also dressed in finery. And off to the side here, somewhat behind them, will turn out to be the Lady Olga de Botha y Parnoia. And I make it a point to say that they're dressed in finery because all three of these women are trekking through the desert on this uh, cover page here. And we'll see why all of this has occurred in story. Inside front cover is their letters page. We have leading off a letter from T.M. Maple. So apparently, um, let's see, he's got an Ontario address. So apparently T.M. Maple was... uh, Known for British comics as well. I believe that's a a letter hack for American comics, if I recall correctly. The title of the story is A Day in the Desert. Ah, More allusions to what's going on here on the front cover. So we have Red Fox and Lissa the Axe uh, the next day after their drunken debauchery the night before, suffering from hangovers. But here they are at the, or what they believe to be, the residence in Upper Targa of the Lady Olga de Botha y Parnoia. Knock on the door, there's no answer. So they start sniffing around. No side door, no back door, because it's walled. The entire grounds are walled. So Lissa decides that the best way is up and over via one of the trees that have grown from the outside and have limbs extending at least to the wall, the top of the wall, or or perhaps even over into the uh, yard in which they're trying to get. So they climb up, gain entrance, and are immediately, well, they're not really assaulted, but they find that there are guard dragons on the grounds, sand dragons, which normally grow to 25 feet in length, but this one is just a baby, and so it's, I don't know, a couple, three feet long from snout to tip of tail. Lissa seems to take an immediate liking to it because it's small and cute, I believe. So they uh, walk on up to the house and large windowed uh, like French doors, although at this point they can't be French doors, but you know, the doors that have all the windows in them. It's unlocked. They gain entrance. Now, as everywhere they go, every time they they try to do something, they're calling out because they have been invited here, but they can't find anyone to clarify with that they are who they are and that they are supposed to be here by invitation. So they are continually calling out, you know, every time they do something. So they go inside, call out, there's no answer. Immediately they look around and decide to take seats in front of the roaring fireplace and avail themselves of some of the brandy uh, that they see here, or rather Lissa decides to sample the brandy. As they're drinking, 
the Lady Olga and her number one Parker come in. And the two girls, Red Fox and Lissa, hide quickly. But then when they are more or less found out because the brandy is open, the glasses are out sitting there on the table, they uh, step out from behind the curtains where they're hiding. And there's uh, a pseudo confrontation between Lady Olga calling for the guards and Red Fox and Lissa. Lady Olga faints Parker, steps up to the, the two mercenary girls and tells them, well, no, actually, don't worry. You can put your swords away. We, we don't have any guards. We can't afford them. But I do need you ladies to leave. Uh, you know, he's, he's very nice about it. And she, uh, uh, not she, excuse me, Red Fox, finally gets out who they are. And Parker remembers because he was the one riding on the carriage the night before that offered the invitation to them. So he remembers them. Goes and, and revives the Lady Olga, who, as I said, has passed out because of all of the um, excitement, one would suppose. And if I sound a little weird here, you'll have to pardon me. One of our cats, Kitsune, just jumped up in my lap and face here on the desk where I'm recording. So I'll do my best to carry on. So the all three ladies now are talking. Um, Red Fox, Lissa, and uh, the lady of the house, Olga. And Olga starts telling them what she needs them for. Um, she wants an escort. She is to be married to Count Ashka who is in the next, next city over. Uh, the city is called Kraos, K-R-A-O-S. And she needs to go there. In a month's time, she is pledged to be married. So she wants to hire Lissa and Red Fox as guards to take her there. So Lissa's like, well, that's that's fine. We, we can do this. We can leave uh, tonight. And Lady Olga's, no, 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 no. That's, that's far, far too soon. We have preparations to be made. And besides... You need new clothes for the trip and a change of hairstyle. One simply does not know who your tailor is, but he needs a few lessons about clothes. That outfit is just so tasteless. And I believe that uh, Lady Olga is talking specifically to Red Fox. Now, interesting thing about Lady Olga is she refers to herself as uh, one. But one simply cannot be too careful these days, especially when one is as important as one is. So... I don't know what, what that is. Is that third person? or I, I don't know what person it is. But that, that's how she refers to herself as one. So in some amount of time, uh, we're not really told what amount of time. We do know that they do leave in the middle of the night, the three women, leaving Parker. I'm not sure why they left Parker. I don't understand. But he shows up by the end of the story. So they start their crossing of the desert. Red Fox and Lissa uh, soon very, very soon, determine that the new clothing that they've been given does not work in the desert. And they find out that Lady Olga is one who complains incessantly. She complains about everything. And in the desert, uh, you know, not that it's going to be the most comfortable trip. And they're on foot to try to uh, move as non-obviously as they can. Uh, they left her guard dragon, Lady Olga's, um, let's see, what's the dragon's name? Sweetiekin? I believe. Let me look here. With an S, Sweetie Kins. So they, they left a dragon and Parker. No carriage, no horses, no anything. On foot, crossing the desert. Uh, they say it'll take about two weeks to cross the desert on foot. And there are periodic oases, which will allow them a, a break, a respite from the desert. And they are... Um, they appear in such a way as you travel across the desert that it, it makes the trip uh, pretty easy from 
Kraus to Tarka, or actually from Tarka to Kraus. They stopped for the night at an oasis. Um, I guess one can assume that it is the first oasis. We're not told anything differently. Start a fire. Um, Red Fox and Lissa are here together. Lady Olga has stepped over there, uh, the other side of a dune, I guess, to uh, partake of the waters of the oases to probably bathe and refresh yourself and whatever else. Listen, Red Fox talk, and we find out that Red Fox is starting to have a little bit of um, homesickness. That, that's not exactly the word, though. She's starting to uh, feel that perhaps she missed out by leaving her uh, wizard friend. Lissa is trying to basically talk her off the edge and, and tell her all of the wonders of being on your own because Lissa knows what that's like, having formerly uh, fought for a cause, won the fight, and determined that winning a fight for a cause is not all it's cracked up to be either among the the many things that you can supposedly fight for, I believe, is, is what she's referring to. Character-building conversation between the two of them. Uh, to be honest with you, it, it really didn't do anything for me. I, I wasn't all that interested in it. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's my old age. Once upon a time, I may have been interested. But I, I just want the the story to, to move on, I think. Um, this, I don't know, this this particular aspect of the story escorting uh, the Lady Olga is, is not, I don't know. Uh, it, it just left me kind of flat, honestly. While they're talking, they are uh, waylaid by some desert bandits who worship the great Vishna, and, and they say it uh, incessantly. Praise be to Vishna. Praise be to Vishna. Or no, I'm sorry. Vishna be praised. There's what they keep saying. Vishna be praised. So now we see here, after being captured by the bandits, that the three ladies are all tied together uh, to the same post, back back to the post as, as you go around it. So probably just room for three people, actually, by the size of the post. Uh, talking back and forth, what do we do? How do we escape? What do we do when we escape? And the whole time, the Lady Olga is, no, no, uh, one must not this, one must not that, one has to this, has to that. It, she's very, very – she is, at this point, um, 14 pages, what are we, 24, two-thirds, almost two-thirds of the way through the story, and she is not worth whatever money she's going to pay. Uh, I can only imagine in the desert, and now that you are captured by bandits, how irritating this this woman is turning out to be. So they uh, signed up for some money, but they got a lot more than they were planning to get from the Lady Olga. Finally, the bandit leader introduces himself, Al-El-Ala. That's A-L space E-L space A-L-L-A. Al-El-Ala. The... Lady Olga um, expresses to him, you know, why she is here and, and who she is. And he is taken by her because she is a true lady. Whereas Red Fox and Lissa have proven to be just uh, run-of-the-mill thugs. al El Allah indicates that he will be more than happy to release them when the reward, uh, not reward, the um, once the ransom money is paid at Kreos um, and his men are able to bring it back which he states will take about a month, or a few months, actually, is what he says, 
And uh, Red Fox and Lissa are, are taken aback by that because they're like, well, we could walk to Kraos from here in just a handful of days. Why is it going to take a couple months? And this uh, gets us into a, a piece of history here about Al El Ala's tribe and the steeds that they ride through the desert. They're, they're pack animals. And he speaks about how at one time um, Vishna walked the earth. And, and when he did, he granted all the people that worshipped him a, a boon. And each tribe was called and granted the beast of burden of their choice. By the time Al El Allah's tribe was there, it was their turn to be given a gift. Many animals had been chosen, and he indicates that our elders chose our steed for its ability to cross the desert with little water for its determination and endurance and its sheer carrying power. Oh, a camel. Yeah, okay, so the horses were taken. You guys got the camels, said Lissa. And Al El Allah says, no, no, I speak of the ship of the desert, the greatest beast of burden man has ever known. I mean the great sand slug. So they ride giant snails through the desert, and that's why it takes them so long to get anywhere. Later that night, Red Fox and Lissa decide, yeah, no, we, we're not going to wait months to get out of here and just travel, you know, two or three more days to, to Kraus. So they break loose and escape that night into the desert, not worrying about being recaptured because they know that it's a point of pride that bandits will ride their steeds whenever they have official jobs that they have to do. And the girls are convinced they can walk far faster than any giant slug is going to be able to move through the desert. So there's very little chance that the bandits will recapture them. They only managed to take them by surprise at the oasis. Otherwise, they would not they would not travel fast enough to have run them down anyways. So they travel through the night and arrive at the townhouses of Kraus. Um, surrounded, the townhouses are surrounded by a large wall. And at the main gate in the wall, we meet Jadok Merton, who is the new gatekeeper that Count Ashka has assigned. He's having some difficulties because he's trying to remember how it is he's supposed to address people as they come up to the gate. He tries out stand and deliver. And he's like, no, no, that's that's not right. Man, what do I have to say? The sergeant told me, but I just can't remember. Advance and die, he says. No, man, I'll never make a gatekeeper if I can't remember simple instructions. Uh, stand and uh, he's trying to think. And the lady Olga walks up to him and says, my man. One said, my man, one is addressing you. Me, he says. She says, one is Lady Olga de Bothe y Paranoi. Uh, pa para, yeah, Paranoi. And one has come to marry Count Ashka. Kindly show one to one's quarters, my man. Friend or foe, he says. She continues, one has traveled over the desert, escaped from dangerous bandits, fought off wild, ravening creatures. Friend or foe. None may pass these gates unless, unle unless what? Um, un unless they're a friend or a foe. And the lady continues, been pursued by giant slugs, and one now requires a bath. Just look at the state of one's dress. I must warn you, my lady, that um, uh, that I must warn you. One expects that you have heard of one, of course. What What is the password for? And I mean, basically, we're showing, we're being shown that they're just going back and forth, ignoring what the other is saying and only saying what is on one's mind, as it is whomever is speaking. 
here in the background, Red Fox and, and Lissa are just shaking their heads. They're like talking about what they should do. You know, you want to leave? Do you want to do this? Do the lady. The... Finally, Lissa just reaches out and knocks out the guard so that they can get through the gate. They enter the grounds and they see that people are running around and there's a lot of activity. And uh, who is it? Red Fox. Yes, Red Fox uh, grabs one of the servants and says, hold, friend, what's going on here? The servant tells her, we're preparing for the great feast. Count Ashka will be returning from his wedding ceremony shortly. Wedding? But he's to marry Lady Olga. And the servant says, Lady Olga, you are behind the times, I'm afraid. After Lady Olga was so mysteriously kidnapped by two bandits from her very home of Targa, my lord grieved. But life must go on. Thus today he married Countess de Bella. And Lady Olga hears this and exclaims, and about this point, Parker shows up. So he has... Um, He's not really tracked them down. He knew where they were going, and it looks like he has been here waiting for them. And he cries out, Lady Olga and those two bandits, Red Fox and Lissa the Axe, stop them. Red Fox and Lissa run off, um, once again knocking the gatekeeper out. They hide as, as guards are running past them and decide that they're going to find one of the inns in the city, retire to some alcohol and some beds with what money they do have, and... Thus ends the funny haha story. Next page is a full page pinup of Red Fox sitting on a stool, uh, striking a sultry pose, saying, Does this sort of thing really sell comics? And uh, I don't know. My answer is meh. The picture doesn't look bad, but no, there's, there's not enough skin showing to sell comics, if that's what they're alluding to. Inside back cover is an ad for Mystery by Max Collins and Terry Beatty, which is now available in England again. Distributed by Titan, and the back cover, uh, outside back cover, is an ad for Titan Distributors, but it's advertising their American warehouse, really. Well, no, it's, it's advertising both, because the address is London, but there's a blurb here that says, now a faster service to North America through our own Brooklyn warehouse. Britain's wholesale distributor of fantasy and science fiction, comics, film, and TV, rock, I guess that's music, Gaming, books, magazines, and related merchandise. So Titan's own warehouse. I don't think they have a... I guess because shipping is rather quick nowadays. They don't have their own warehouse over here. And that ends issue three of Red Fox. I don't know. So far, the I, I enjoy the art. I enjoy the black and white. Um, I think the writing is just a little bit lighter fare than what I thought it was going to be. Uh, and that's my fault for not doing you know, a little bit more research. So in the end of the coverage for this volume uh, that I'm talking about after, I don't know what it's going to turn out, six or seven issues, I think is what I have pulled to, to read. Not sure how much of a fan I'm going to be of, of Red Fox. It's, I don't know, it's it's not what I was expecting. I don't think it's what I wanted, but we'll, we'll give it a, a handful more issues to see if it picks up after these guys maybe develop their writing a little bit more and the um, working together art and story, we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. So next episode looks like I have lined up. Uh, it's a Pacific Comics episode. Star Slayer, the log of the Jolly Roger issue number two is what is on my stack here to talk about. So that's what it shall be next time out. Thanks for hanging out with me, guys. Talk to you again next time. Ciao. Just when you thought it was safe to hear our podcast promo.
JL made do 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 brave and bold do 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 comic books do 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 JL made. JL May do 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 brave and the bold do 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 comic books do 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 JL May. JL May do 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 brave and the bold do 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 comic books do 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 JL May. The annual podcast crossover event celebrating the Justice League is back and we're covering the 2007 Brave and the Bold series that started with Mark Wade and George freaking Perez and ended with J. Michael Straczynski. Throughout the month of May, participating podcasts will release special episodes on issues in the run. It all kicks off in the Overlook Dark Knight podcast. Follow the event on social media using the hashtag JLMay2023. Coming this May. JLMay do 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 brave and the bold do 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 comic books do 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 Mephisto. Hey, that it? Is that what you want? Things I do for this show. Sorry, guys, but I had to stop the intro. I have a special announcement. I was invited to participate in this year's JL May. What's JL May, you ask? Well, every year, a group of comic book content creators are invited to focus on a chosen topic and release in their chosen medium a focused offering centered on some aspect of DC Comics Justice League. This year's focus is the 2007 series The Brave and the Bold. My offering will be issue 6 of that series, and I hope to drop that on May 6th, so follow along. As you were.